Let's go. Escobar on the beat. King Legend Talks. Fire Radio. 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 King Legend Talks. King Legend 757, you already know the vibes. Today we got a special guest in the building, Dylan Kivo. And um, I'm trying to let you guys know this guy is amazing. He's just one of the, the goats in the game, if you ask me, in the digital market space. Uh, Dylan Kivo has been doing a lot of work with uh, public relations and just making people famous. Like, there's no other way to put it. That's what he does. If you need to get your, your business or your brand out there, this is definitely the go-to guy for that, especially in the um, social media age that we're living in. So um, Dylan Kivo, just a little bit about him. He's worked with celebrities like Ice Cube, Innova Legend, Rob Griffith. I mean, he's just really working with a lot of people in the industry that you might know of um, and behind the scenes of it. So I want to give him this time to go ahead and introduce himself to you guys. So Dylan Kivo, how are you doing today? Good, brother. Appreciate that, man. Making me sound like Spider-Man or some, some superhero out there. Appreciate that, brother. Not a problem. Not a problem. So, so go yeah, ahead. Tell us about where uh, you're from. Yeah, so I'm, I'm currently living in uh, Vancouver, Washington. I've been here for, for close to a year now in the Pacific Northwest, and I grew up in Southern California. I lived there actually for about, about 18, 19 years, and I loved it. I love the sun. I love going to the beach all the time. And my whole goal growing up was actually to make it to the NHL hockey and when I turned 18 uh, I had a, a team on the east coast over by you in Hampton right in Chesapeake Virginia who uh, who gave me that shot to uh, to try out and, and I made it I was it wasn't the NHL it was basically a junior hockey and stuff and the whole my whole road to go to the NHL it did seem pretty clear at one point in my life until I, I had a couple pretty bad injuries bad concussions, wow. wrist injuries, knee injuries, anything you can think of, right? Mm -hmm. And from there, man, that's when I, I knew I had to kind of flip the script and figure out a new a new avenue for myself. And growing up in Southern California, being a firefighter is kind of like a hometown hero. You know, everybody wants to be a firefighter. Kind of like, I was going to say similar to police officers, but not right now. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm I, I understand we're completely. Talking, we're talking, you know, 15 that years was, ago when that was kind of like the cool thing, right? Yeah. And, uh, and no disrespect, but just in general, like firefighting was kind of like the avenue I really wanted to go down. And uh, as soon as I turned 22, 
I applied. And so I played hockey from 18 to basically 2021. At 22, I got, I got hired at Norfolk Fire Department. And I did that for, for a little, uh, about, about a year and a half, almost two years. And I loved it. I enjoyed it. But it just wasn't quite fulfilling that, that void in my heart that I thought it would. Mm. And that's when I knew like that was not going to be my long-term, my long-term game. And then I started working for some just massive entrepreneurs, dude. Like we're talking guys that their company's worth millions and billions of dollars. So I got a question for you. Yeah, yeah. As, a, as a firefighter, when you, when you was doing that every day, um, when you were talking about goals here in your future, did you ever see yourself in this space at all? Never. One thing, one thing I knew for sure is I knew I was going to do something big, but I didn't know at what scale. And I don't mean big as in financially. I mean, mm. just, just big in general. Um, my, my thing is growing up, like I loved working with people and genuinely helping them out. And I think that's what initially drew me to firefighting was I had the ability to help people out. Now that just happened to be health versus business, right? That's 911, got the emergency. Every, we're, we're, we're there on people's worst days, right? Gotcha. And so I'm basically able to do the same thing now, but in the business sense, because sometimes I'll get that call, you know, midnight, one, two in the morning where somebody has a really bad reputation management issue, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I won't disclose some names, but you know, a couple stories. It's like, I'll get a, a call from that rapper who just, who just uh, threw a blow at somebody at some amusement park. And now they're all over the, you know, Fox, ABC, NBC News and yeah. in a negative way too, right? It's not talking about the next single that they're coming out with. It's exactly. they just got locked up and you know, who knows what's going to be the next of them, right? So it's why it's basically coaching them through like the next steps, publicity or publicly speaking, what we can do next to to correct that. Because sometimes it's the false narrative that's actually told versus the, the true one. So you basically in a sense you deal with the damage control as well. I do that as well. I would say that's not my primary focus. It's probably about 10%, but okay. in my opinion reputation management is just as or more important mm -hmm. as being just um, consistently active and you know you know promoting yourself in a positive light because it's one thing with people to see nothing on the website or online mm -hmm. like your digital footprint if it's clear and there's nothing out there but it's one thing for them to see negative stuff exactly right? i agree negative that's a terrible connotation to shoot across and you're not no one's going to trust you if it's going to be negative information versus positive of course Got you. So moving forward, you was a firefighter and you got your mindset on helping people. And so you come out with this situation where now you're able to do that for a living, but in a different space. So let's That's talk right. about that transition. Yeah. So firefighting was cool. I enjoyed it. I was able to, you know, save, literally save people's lives, right? Pretty much on a daily basis, mm -hmm. uh, which was cool. It's fulfilling. The problem that I started noticing was it wasn't able to pay really all of the bills that I was looking to pay, right? And so, I mean, I was definitely living living within my means for sure, but I always knew deep down, I kind of wanted to have this quote unquote large lifestyle, right? I knew I wanted to have the, the flashier cars, the bigger houses and stuff. So like many that. of us do. That's that, and that's that's the thing is like that's just like who I was, and it had it literally has nothing to do with like materialistic stuff. I just want to live large. You get one life, you get one shot. You know what I'm saying? If, if if in my opinion, it's like if you get one shot, you might as well go to the moon. Why not? 
Exactly. Yeah. And so because of that, though, firefighting was taking up a decent amount of time. And it was also mentally draining for me that it was hard for me to just have that side hustle, right? Like I couldn't just have like an internet business on the side because when you're doing firefighting, that's a 24 hour, it's 24 hours at a time, right? About yeah. nine to 10 days, nine to 10 days, sometimes 11 on average per month. But during those times, that those days that you're working, you truly are held up. You can't just answer. Essentially, you're unavailable. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Like, I can't really scale a business while doing firefighting. What I did was I built an online agency where we did just websites, digital, you know, just build, build websites for anybody and everybody that I could while I was on my off days. And what I did is I, I built an, I built enough enough clientele where that money started to surpass the amount of money I was making per month as the fire in the fire department. And so that's as that transition started slowly shifting gears is when I was able to replace the money that I was making at the fire department, that's when I knew I was confident enough because I was doing it for about you know a year and a half at this point to okay. actually make the transition and have confidence within that decision, not just overnight, hey, I'm gonna just make websites and hopefully I get you know clients. I actually worked my I worked my ass off, man. I was working no less than fourteen to eighteen hours a day. And how old were you when you were doing this? I was about twenty two to twenty three years old. Oh my god! If people don't ever see that all the time, it's like, man, you have to be driven to make yeah. that kind of stuff happen. That's not something that's just gonna happen on freak accident. You, there's oh, some man. work and some effort put into that, and a lot of grind, you yeah. know, that you had to do as well. It was it was nuts, man. Like I know with the you know, one of my biggest publications, Kibo Daily Magazine. Well, it took me, see, nobody knows this either. It took me about six to eight months working 80 hours a week until I made a penny off that website. Wow. Say that one more time for the listeners. Yeah, it took, it took about six months working 80 hours a week to even make a penny off that website. So in other words, I didn't, I didn't reap any reward for six months, and I'm talking, and I don't mean I made $100,000 after six months, that would have been fine. I'm talking like 40 bucks. Yeah. Like I, I'm talking like I worked my ass off because the thing is, is I knew I had the vision to get where I wanted to go. It was just that time didn't catch up to me yet. That was the problem. Mm. So all the daily actions I was taking, activities and tasks that I was working on, I knew what was gonna happen. It wasn't like, Man, I really pray to God, which I was, but I wasn't. I wasn't just hoping for the outcome. I was yeah. make. I was. I was damn sure positive what was going to happen for me. Hundred percent wasn't even a question. In essence, you were preparing yourself for what was going to already happen. You knew it was going to happen. It just was a matter of time. Yeah, hundred percent, man. It was. It was the. I'm telling you, dude. In fact, I'll show you something right here. I have this right here. See this? Yeah. This is an old check that I wrote to myself. It was April 5th, 2022 for $1,000,000, right? Wow. So I, I surpassed that last year in 2020. I wrote, that, I wrote that in, I think it was 2018, maybe 17. I think it was 17. Yeah. Um, but so I gave myself five years to, to, to make a million dollars and I, yeah, so I, I, beat, I beat that by three years, which is really cool. I remember looking, I pulled that out one day and that's why I work right next to it. Dude, this thing is so torn up, man. Like, I see, torn. it's been through yeah. it with you. Oh, 100%. And I, and I always work next to it because whenever I'm going through the, the hard times and like things just don't seem to be clicking, mm -hmm. 
I pull that out and I look at it. It's all, it's all tarnished. You can see it. And so it's, dude, it's been crazy, man, just to, to be able to go through the hard times and then, you know, reap the benefits of it. So that brings me to my next question. How important is it to really not only just see the vision of your dream coming true, but to physically do things like you just did to really remind you on a daily basis that this is going to be a reality? Like, how important is that? In my opinion, it's the most important part. And let me explain why. Let's just say you wanted to go from, let's, I'm in, you know, Pacific Northwest. If I wanted to drive down to California, right? And if I want to get there, but I have no map or visualization of how to get there, I can jump in a car all day long. In fact, I can jump in a plane, right? Mm -hmm. If I don't, if I can't vision the path of me getting there, I may end up in Florida, right? If I don't know where I'm going, it is literally impossible to get where you want to be. That's deep. You have no navigation, right? And that's that's what like if you pull up MapQuest and, and you know in the olden the olden times, whatever, or like Google Maps, whatever it is, it gives you a route, right? Mm -hmm. If you see the route before you start, you know where to go. If you have no no route in mind, you get lost. Exactly. And so that's how it's like if you don't have a vision. It's kind of like in the Bible, it's like, you don't, you know, those who don't have a vision will perish. Like, you know, like the old saying, right? The old verse, it's the same thing in business. It's like, if you don't know where you're going or what you're doing, you should really, you should really pause for a second, sit back and create the vision in your head before you physically try to, you know, embark on a journey. Okay. So what would you say to a person that um, has been working at their dream for years? They just have not got that break yet. What would you say to that person if they feel like they're on the edge and they're just ready to quit? I mean, at the end of the day, it's like sometimes you have to break down before you break through, right? And so sometimes it's like you have to hit rock bottom to even – once you're on rock bottom, the only way to go is up, right? And so the, the best part about being in the, in the low parts of your life is that's where the lessons are learned. You're, you're, it's okay to hit those moments. If you, if you don't know what crap looks like, you don't know what gold looks like. If you don't know what trash tastes, tastes like, you don't know what caviar tastes like. So you have to have, you have to have the, the difference of, of perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's truly understanding like, okay, so this is where I'm at, but it's not where I'm going to be. And so I would say the, the biggest encouraging words I would say is you're not meant to stay in the hardships. You're meant to basically use that as a rocket ship to boost off to the moon to where you actually want to go. Wow. And so in order to understand where you want to go, you truly have to understand where you currently are. For example, I, my first job ever was McDonald's. It was, it was a good first job, right? It wasn't a good forever job. And the reason why is when I started McDonald's, dude, I'm telling you, I knew within the first week, there's no way in hell I'm staying here for <laughs> a chance, right? Like there's just no way in hell. And so because I went through the crap, that's when I was, able to, that's when I was like, you know what, let me go from working this minimum wage job to wait, making maybe 15 hours, $15 an hour to 20 to 25. And then eventually I said, no, I need to start my own business because there's no cap. I don't like having a ceiling on top of me. Exactly. Right? And so if I had, if I, if I just, if, if people that are just starting off, if they truly understand, like, it's okay that I'm here, but my, the whole goal is to get somewhere else. 
Gotcha. You, have, you, you have to start at the bottom to work your way up. So you never want to stay in the crap. You want to get through the crap. And I kind of like to compare it to um, a person that's digging for gold. You know, yeah. you're going to keep digging, you're going to keep digging. But if you quit, you don't never know how close you are to actually reaching that gold that's right yeah. there. I mean, it's, the, it's true, man. Like even diamonds, it's right. It's like they're so far under the dirt. It's the dirt that you have to get through to get to the gold. Exactly. It, you can't, it's not the opposite way around. You're not going to just be walking around and you see it, you see a field and you're going to just see the, the gold on top. It's not how it works. You got, you have to, you literally, you have to dig to get where you want to go. Absolutely. So um, right now I'm going to go ahead and transition just a little bit. Let's talk about authority Titans. What is that to you? Authority Titans is my way of, of really giving back. The, re the reason why, and yes, it's a business and yes, it, gen it generates me revenue every year. The whole, the whole goal is getting from people where they are to where they want to be. Because so many of us are there, you know, there's a lot of talented artists. I would say a lot of my clientele are artists, right? And that's why I talk about them so often. There's a lot of talented artists out there where they have what it takes to get to the next level. The problem is nobody knows about them. And the, and the reason why that's a big issue, it's kind of like having a Lamborghini in a garage. You can have the nicest car in the world, but if that garage door is shut and nobody knows what's behind that door, it doesn't matter. Exactly. And so, and that's the same thing when it comes to talent and music, or even a lot of my, you know, entrepreneurs that have these great business ideas, but they don't have the, the they don't have the legs to put on those ideas. And that's really what PR does essentially is it gets, it gets your message out to the masses. And so it allows people to really know who you are. And in my opinion, the more PR, the better. Not just because, okay, great, I get more money from it. That's not the point. It's the more information that you put out to the world, the more chances people are going to know who you are. But also, too, it's not just information in general. The reason why a lot of people like working with me is because, you know, one of my mantras is like, I don't pitch, I publish. I don't have to necessarily go to a lot of these these um, these journalists and reporters and pitch my story to them. A lot of times they're buddies of mine or like I used to write for Forbes, you know, Entrepreneur Magazine. And so I, I can go to, you know, but literally friends of mine, send them over, you know, an article and say, hey man, can you, like, this is great content. Can you, you know, can you get this up on your column? The reason why they like that is because they don't have to sit, you know, researching for a certain business in a, in a specific genre for five to 10 hours. I can hand deliver that, that content. My client's happy. The journalist is happy. And so is the publication. Everybody. In that case, everybody wins. And um, I, I got to say, that's, that's really awesome what you're doing because in the digital age we live in, so many people forget, and I'm just talking from a business point of view, uh, especially if you're kind of old school, you don't want to get a, get hip to what's going on right now. Yeah. Um, that's a huge space to really grow your business on the internet. Like, um, if, if your business is not on the internet right now, I don't know what you're doing, to be honest. If, you're, if your business <laughs> is not digital, it's dead. Literally. Right now in this day and age, it's safe to say that. Um, I mean, dude, look at, look at Bitcoin, bro. It went, it went from whatever, $100, $200, several, several years back, of course, to just last month, like 40 grand. Outstanding. It's crazy. That coin is not backed by anything. It is backed by, it's just, it's a, literally, it is a digital coin backed by hype. The hype is spread 
digitally online through social media, through PR, through videos, YouTube, through social, you know what I'm like? It's all online. Exactly. It, it's the same thing. If people can create a coin that's digital, make money off of it, that shows you the power of the internet. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Now I've actually used um, your services before because I'm one of those type of people that I won't promote anything that I've never actually used. I'm just not yeah. that type of person. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm the same way, bro. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm being fake if I, if I do that. How can I recommend a specific dish to somebody if I've never ate it myself? How yeah, can yeah. I tell you it's good? You know, it's funny about that too. A lot of people are like, hey man, can you refer me? Can you refer me? And like, dude, I'm telling you, there's probably 1% of people out there that I actually refer people to or people, yeah, the people that I refer to. And when it, when it comes to referring people, it's, like, it's kind of like, I'm not going to refer a bad doctor to my dying grandma, right? Absolutely like you just, you just don't do that, right? And so it's the same thing with like referrals. It's like, I'm not going to refer just anybody. It's like, you yeah. have to be good, but you have to prove to me that you're good too. So I completely understand where that's coming from. Absolutely. And I just want to shout you out and commend you on your services out there. You know, keep doing what you're doing, my brother. Um, appreciate I appreciate it. it. And I know the world will appreciate it once they totally understand what it is you're actually doing. You know, um, if you guys go check out my Instagram, I do have a post up there, a couple of posts up there shouting out some of the pages. And this is the man behind it right here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, brother, <laughs> US Reporter, New York Weekly. Uh, Kivo Daily, yeah, this is the guy, the man, the myth, the legend, right here. Okay, Thanks, most definitely. Well, I just, I definitely want to say I appreciate your time. Um, and any words of encouragement, anything like that? You, matter of fact, before we go, I almost forgot, and y'all gonna have to get on me about this later. What does Dylan Kivo want to be remembered for? That's a good question. I would say number one, the guy who was able to help out the most amount of people in a genuine way. And, and, what, and I'll be more specific though, is I would love to be known as the guy who's able to change the face of media for the better and get rid of this whole fake news crap that's really out there because it's a real thing mm -hmm. and really replace that with really like encouraging positive messages to the world because the, the problem with the media right now is they're learning that they're getting more hype, more clicks and more attention off negativity versus positivity. And I think that's a false narrative that that's being, that's being shared. And I think that the whole world would be a better place if most, and I understand there's, a, there's always going to be negative stuff out there, just like crime, I get it. But if, if the narrative was spun into a more of a genuine, real positive way, I think that people who read the, the news and uh, publications and all the articles out there, it would change their day-to-day -day mindset into positivity versus just, oh, there's so much negative negativity in the world. So I would say it's to change you know, people's mindsets. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate you again, my brother. Thank you yeah. so much for taking the time out your busy lifestyle to do this for me. Yeah, uh, this is a fun interview, dude. All right, keep, keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're killing you. Absolutely. Hey, everybody, it's your boy, King Legend 757. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this interview. If you're interested in hearing more interviews or conversations just like this, do me a favor, follow the podcast on iHeartRadio or any other platform you may be listening in on. Also, do us another favor and go ahead and tap in on Instagram and hit King Legend 757 in your search bar so that way you can catch these interviews while we do them live with a live audience being you. 
So I appreciate you again for tapping into the interview and may God bless you and have a great 2021.